This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you, limited Mike Ryan fan account. We are thrilled to be joined with, uh, with a returning guest and new addition to the pirate ship to absolutely nowhere. That's not entirely true. We just don't know where the destination it's it's headed for is quite yet. Uh, but yeah, we are thrilled to be joined this week by Chris Whittingham, aka Witty. Witty. Soccer. Chris, thank How's you so going, much guys? for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Thank you so much. I know last time you joined us, it was uh, for a kind of a roundtable discussion of, of soccer. Um, and uh, forgive me, I, I think I was out of town for that one, but also I don't know the first thing about soccer. So yeah. I would have been out of terrible. Town and wholly disinterested in <laughs> soccer. Yes, I understand. I, look, I'm interested in you. The person, Chris Whittingham, <laughs> not not soccer, not okay. not a uh, not a man. I can't even I can't even pronounce the uh, the name of the league. Bundesliga. Is that one? Mm, yes, is you, it, you nailed I it. You nailed it. Ooh, Unless you man, really want to make right. it German and it's Bundesliga. But I mean, it's Ooh. up to you. <laughs> all right well we've got definitely got some soccer questions for you this evening but uh we're also just going to pick your brain a little bit about about kind of the past few weeks you you joining the the pirate ship yeah. if you don't mind all right uh, we're gonna throw it to our first question asker and i'm gonna throw it to phlegm phlegm go ahead all right uh so before we even get started with questions i just want to say thank you for joining us and chris this is my first introduction i care about you so i want to say this before i ask a question the last member to try to go after the back row got left behind. Okay. So be careful with Cody. <laughs> RIP Tony. Uh, we're, we're, so just be careful. Tread careful. Swimming with, swimming with the fishes. Yeah, yeah. The fishes. Cody, Cody's done a lot for us, but no, moving on. I, uh, it's, it's, like, it's like Stugatz warning everyone about criticizing Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, right? I care about you. Yeah. All I'm saying is Dan <laughs> would not leave ESPN if they fired you if you were there. So be careful, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But my question is, it's not really a question uh, before they get into all the weird stuff over last week. I just want a fun story because I know you and Mike Ryan have obviously built a relationship over the years. 
maybe even since you were an intern. So up to you for the option, either a true corporate mic, not a bit, whenever you were an intern, the most corporate mic story you have, where it's kind of like, oh my God, this guy can be corporate or preferably off the clock, real sporting event, Mike Ryan pregame with a few seltzers. I've seen some photos that look like he's uh, he's enjoying himself a little more than you. <laughs> And not that you're not enjoying yeah. yourself. So whichever yeah. story you have this most Mike Ryan one way or the other. Yeah. So uh, there, there are definitely a few. Um, so we went to, I think I told the, the story the last time I was on, we went to uh, England together uh, with our friend Ibrahim and we went and saw eight soccer matches in nine days. Um, and that, and that was quite an experience. I would say probably the, uh, the, the most lubricated we got while we were there um, was when we went to uh, Southampton, which is on the southern coast of England on a train. And uh, I basically uh, did nothing but drink bullet bourbons all day, and I didn't eat at any point during the day. Uh, so uh, the night actually ended slightly dangerously. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, from, from my perspective, not from anyone else's perspective. From my perspective. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we had fun. Uh, we um, So in England, you are not allowed to bring drinks from the concourse inside the stadium. They try and limit drinking. But what it does create is a need to binge drink. Uh, so basically, at, you have 15 minutes at halftime, you get as much alcohol as you possibly can, and, we, and you drink up. Uh, so what we decided to do uh, was go to the concession stand at the St. Mary Stadium in Southampton, and we were basically were assessing the alcohol by alcohol volume and decided that the best of the most alcohol volume was with rosé. So we, the three of us, all Yikes. purchased rosés and all pounded Oof. them at halftime of this game uh, and then went back out into the concourse and enjoyed the rest of the game. So uh, that was one. The other was uh, University of Miami related. Obviously, everyone knows Homer uh, Kane Mike is quite a thing. Uh, we, you know, did some drinking games, drinking games before. I think it was UM Notre Dame, the the, the big 41 to 8 win a couple of yep. years ago. And um, after the game, we were so enthralled and I was inebriated. Uh, I literally jumped at him and he caught me in midair like it was uh, like the, the final scene in Dirty Dancing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, that, that, that was, that was a fun time as well. So uh, that, that is, that is a couple of anecdotes with Mike and myself. No. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. And also bullet, uh, bullet, Ryan bullet bourbon and two great. So I'll see you at Moss and we'll, uh, recap yeah. this. Mike, Mike was on a real a bullet bourbon kick them. I thought, I thought it was awful, but when, you know, when you're amongst friends, you can't be the one that goes, well, this is awful. Can I have a, can I have a strong bow instead? No, you just got to drink the apple, the, the, the bullet bourbon and, 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 and pretend like you like it. No, dude. Uh, well, I appreciate it, man. Nobody puts witty in the corner at all. <laughs> We're going to go out to a uh, steak sauce in Albuquerque next. Go ahead. Steak. Witty, what's up, man? Thanks for joining hey, us. How you doing, sir? I'm doing okay, brother. How you doing? Yeah, doing all right. Cool, man. Before I ask you, I want to uh, give a shout out to my best friend, Steve. He's not feeling well. Hope you feel better. I love you. Now let's talk some soccer. Uh, you tried to warn me about Newcastle. I didn't listen because I'm an idiot. Um, is there anything you could tell me to like give me hope about the future of this team? <laughs> um, they'll fire Steve Bruce at some point. Um, it, it is it is interesting because uh, uh, for, for the uninitiated, Newcastle United in the Premier League uh, are playing really poorly right now. Uh, they like didn't score in seven out of eight games. They are thoroughly boring. Uh, and uh, their fans basically just want them to try, which might seem like 
not that lofty of a goal, but that's what they want. It's just, can you try and score a goal every now and again? Uh, but Newcastle are very much not trying to do that at the moment, but they kind of like have this history. And so uh, it, it is interesting that like, yeah, they'll probably survive. They'll stay in the Premier League. But um, the, the dichotomy between the desire to stay in the league and get results versus having fun is a real thing for uh, you know, Premier League clubs of a certain level, and Newcastle very much fall on the sad end of that. More like Old Castle. Thanks, Flynn. So, if they do get relegated, am I allowed to pick any team in the Premiership to follow next season? No, no. Or do I have no, to you, pick a team that gets promoted. No, no. I, I don't. I think you have to stick with Newcastle. Once you pick a team, so I have to follow friend, a Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, you, get on, you, get on, you get on the iFollow. There's a this service called iFollow. You pay like a season subscription to watch all the Newcastle games. That's what you got to do. Uh, uh, listen, right. many Fulham fans before you have had to purchase subscriptions <laughs> to watch Fulham matches. You have to do the same with Newcastle United. And one more real quick. Uh, Sheffield, what the hell? Oh, my God. Today, a 2-1 victory away at Old Trafford. That I mean, that's that's this season's Premier League in a nutshell. A team that won one out of 19 games goes away to the league leaders and, and beats them. Uh, it was uh, an absolutely ridiculous result. Yeah, if uh, uh, stake if Mike Ryan uh, can be a Cleveland Browns fan for as long as he has, you can stick it out with Newcastle a little bit yeah. longer. I'm just gonna. Yeah, just but gonna... this is like this is like if the Marlins suck for a year and they have to play AAA baseball next season. Like uh, yeah, they do. You know? Just just what they should. <laughs> yeah. Bring relegation to other sports. Yeah, I, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, have them have the the Browns uh, kick Alabama's ass in the college championship. <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to go to Cody Cavalry. Go ahead, Cody. Cavalry. Drake. What's going on, Chris? How you doing, sir? Good, man. Um, so I, need, first I, need, one... I, need to, I need to vary up my intros. I keep doing how you doing, sir. And I, I need to, I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll try and work on my variety. <laughs> it happens, dude. Hey, you got, you got 18 tries to do it, so you got, you yes, got us some right, practice. Exactly. Can you all just crack on with your questions rather than me having to come up with new things every time? Yeah. So first wanted to plug uh, Chelsea mic'd up. Chris does a, a great job with Mike Ryan um, talking about soccer and they and they give some insights that for those of us who are who are newer to the game. Um, Jeff, I don't know if you have any hope, but um, people who are who are somewhat knowledgeable about the game, go go check out Chelsea mic'd up. Um, but Chris, I just wanted to um, ask you. So so the day you got the call, I'm assuming it was probably from Mike about, hey, we need we need some help. We're doing this. This is what's going on. Um, just, just put us in your shoes on, on that day. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really cool. We were just on like a zoom, a Chelsea mic'd up zoom call. And, uh, and he was like, Hey, you know, that we're going to have to transition, um, our podcast hosting from what we were doing with ESPN to whatever the next thing is, you know, what should we do? Um, so I, you know, I kind of investigated all these different, uh, hosting services and all that and actually ended up on the same one that they were before, uh, ESPN has a deal with this company and we basically did a deal with that company to continue to host the podcast there. But, and, and, you know, there's a lot of things to go into it, right? You know, they have a massive subscriber base and a huge number of downloads of most podcast hosting services cannot handle that kind of traffic. So you kind of have to, you know, find places that, that can handle that work. And basically it was about, you know, transitioning 
the infrastructure from ESPN. Like, there's a lot of things that you don't realize uh, that a, you know, a huge company like that provides um, that we basically have to make up. So um, a lot of that stuff has has fallen to me, and I, I have experience with it both from uh, you know doing Chelsea Mike Duff and other podcasts, and I just kind of knew how the technology works. I knew how uh, how, how this would be executed. So I was kind of you know Mike's consigliere on 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 executing that transition, and uh, thus far everything good. So if, if you're able to disclose, are you on full time now or is it just temporary to, I mean, it's a, it's a pirate ship lads. I mean, uh, we, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's, uh, there, there, there's a lot of things that are, that are, uh, that are moving parts. I'm just kind of enjoying every day. I mean, you know, I've told you guys a story before I started on that show as an intern. So yeah. the very notion that a microphone could open up and my voice could come through it is ludicrous to me. Um, and, uh, and I'm I'm just having fun, like, and and the cool thing for me too is, you know, I'm 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 sure you guys as hyper fans will have noticed, like, I'm in the studio, I'm sitting in the room uh, with Mike, uh, basically helping to take recordings that have been done, post them as podcasts and all that, and it, it was easier for me just to come in and do it, and like getting to go to an office, right? As much as that is an office, it's a hotel on South Beach, but it for me is the office. Um, yeah. and, and kind of have a work life as opposed to everything be at home has been a really cool experience for me. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm just doing it day by day and, you know, whether I continue to do this exact thing that I'm doing now or something else within, uh, the metal lark operation, um, remains to be seen, but I'm down for any of it because I have an immense amount of fun. Cool. We're loving what you're doing, man. Appreciate your time, dude. Appreciate that. Yeah. I can't wait for the uh, the first studio web series, maybe on YouTube or something, of uh, Chris versus Chris, where you two <laughs> compete for uh, Dan's attention and love. Um, that, that's that's what I've got my fingers crossed for. Uh, all right, so I, I will I will do so with uh, four thousand word long reads from uh, from <laughs> Vulture or New York Magazine or something like that. Man, I've I've absolutely loved the two of of, of y'all's dynamic this <laughs> this past few weeks. It's it's absolutely great. I hope it does not go away. All right, we're gonna throw it out to Ant up in Brooklyn next. He's got a question for you. Go ahead, Ant. Chris, um, I'm going to piggyback off of what um, Drake was saying. And so are you still doing anything with 560 for the Dolphins or the Canes? Um, or is that completely gone away now? Uh, I, I, I don't know, actually. I mean, I, I was actually supposed to do the Florida Panthers until this came up. Um, and I just kind of decided that it was too much work for me to do a sport that I'm really not actually terribly familiar with. I just kind of I, I, I would have figured it out, but like that, that would have been like a couple of days of cramming to know who all the players were and how to pronounce yeah. everyone's names. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, you need Roy in your ear. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I need, I need a lot of help, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see when football season rolls around and look, I mean, my, my work life is uh, goes in many different directions. So it, it could be that I come back and I, I can fit it in because it's on the weekends and it doesn't interrupt with the show. Um, but I could also be doing a bunch of things that, that make that too much of a time commitment. All right. Thanks. All right. Up next, we're going to go out to uh, the West Coast. Jeff's got a question for you. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, Chris. It's Jeff. How you doing, sir? How are things? They're okay. Well, that's good. Fun. Um, excellent. So um, one thing I've noticed over the last couple of weeks is that Dan does like to call you Chris. Hmm. Um, and as there is another Chris, have you any plans to, you know, 
you know, may, I mean, I know Witty is kind of the go-to, but in the Dan is kind of partial. Chris, it seems like, how, how, how are you really going to, you know, differentiate yourself from other Chris, other than just by <laughs> being more informed? Uh, Dan also calls me Whittingham a lot. They, they generally call me Whittingham. I would probably say that's the most effective way to do that on a last name basis. I, you know, as, as much as uh, Chris and I are having a feud on air right now, I very much respect the fact that he is the original Chris and deserves to retain Chris. Um, so uh, I'll be happy to go by Whittingham, Witty, uh, whatever it is makes it easier on the audience. All right. And then one other quick one was... Um... So you came in, I want to say, was it a day or two ago, with the knowledge of the specifics on the NBA contracts and, you know, first picks and pick swaps and et cetera, et cetera. I've had two um, times on this pod where I've asked somebody about NBA cap smoothing and everybody else on here kind of looks at me like, shut up, nerd. Um <laughs> So I was wondering which, which if you, is, by the way, which is by the way, how I was greeted with both that and me providing the analytics on the Packers decision to go forward on fourth or to kick a field goal on fourth down against Tampa. So I'm well familiar with shut up nerd, just generally in life and within this context. Well, now I just Jeff wanted to, Chris. No, I just, wanted, Chris I just wanted to offer you support for uh, fellow that. other people that get told shut up nerd. Thank you for being with us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I I can't switch off who I am. Uh, I you know I, I think the Beal thing came up like the week before, and I was looking up the first round draft. Like I just I that is my instinct. My instinct is to look up factual information and try and bring it to the conversation that is being had. I also understand that most people uh, find that boring. But if we're gonna have a like, my feeling is like if we're gonna have a conversation about somebody being traded shouldn't we no, like note that first round draft picks are a huge part of nba trades therefore if the heat don't have any that's a big deal but i don't know i i also understand why people might find that boring shut up nerd <laughs> sorry i couldn't help myself <laughs> thank you thank you very much i appreciate your answers <laughs> I think that's the first time we've had uh, one of the Lower Rangers tell one of our guests to shut up. So, yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Next up, we're going to go out to Schweitz. He's got a, a couple questions for you. Go ahead, Schweitz. Hey, Chris. How are you? Doing good, sir. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm, so, I'm, I'm not going to mix it up. I'm going to do the same thing every time. It's okay. Um, well, now that you're on a pirate ship, I was just wondering, if you were on an actual pirate ship, what do you think your role would be? Would you be in the uh, crow's nest? Would you be a cook? Would you be the first mm. mate? What do you? Where do you think you stand there? Um, my role would be to get scurvy and fall over. Excellent. Where do you think other members of the shipping container would fall mm. uh, along those lines? Um, I I'm not terribly familiar with how pirate ships work, so uh, I I don't know if I can I, if I can have good answers. I mean. You know, generally the roles within the show are uh, Dan attempts to lead and everyone else attempts to annoy him. So however that works out in the context of pirates, uh, that is probably how that would work. Okay. And uh, one other question then. What team has the worst fan base in sports? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so for my personal experience, it is the University of Florida. I hate their fans with the intensity of a thousand suns. 
I find them unctuous. <laughs> John in Miami is wearing a University of Florida shirt. Goodness me. The University of Florida has the worst fans in the world. I could not despise them anymore. That is a also very specific memory to me in high school. I knew a couple of University of Florida fan friends uh, when I was in high school, and I've retained that seething hatred for them ever since. Correct answer is UM. No, no, I disagree. I disagree. Although, you know what? To be fair, I understand there are portions of the fan base that are annoying. I, I'm not one of them, so I, you know. They're hooligans. That's not fair. All right. Up next, we are going to go to Beep Count. Go ahead, Beep. Chris, how you doing, mate? Good to see you. Doing good, sir. How are you? Dang it. I was, I was hoping we'd get, you know, a little, little, little oh, flip little there. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. I'm doing all right, man. You all right? Yeah. I'm I'm doing fantastic, Nigel. It's good good to talk to you again. Um, I had a question about uh, you know some of your favorite memories. You know maybe since uh, um, post fusion days or pre fusion. Um, you know some of your favorite uh, recurring bits or hmm. maybe your your favorite characters that have joined onto the show, like uh, you know hockey guy that talks far away from the mic, something like that. <laughs> um, we actually had one happen the other day. Um, uh, with, uh, what happened with Stu Gatz trying to remember, uh, Roy's wife's name. Uh, that, that was one where I just, I had enjoyed that so much that I just piped up in the room and went, Hey, Mike asked Stu Gatz, you know, Roy's wife's name. Uh, so those are that like, the, the, I love those kind of specific, you know, running bits that like, I'm sure you guys all you know, hold on to very specific things that happened once. That for me is kind of like the beauty of this. And I imagine, um, and even from someone sitting in the room uh, who now occasionally reads the Levitard Reddit because I'm a little self-involved, um, <laughs> uh, like the, the very specific things you guys glom onto that happened once or happened once 18 months ago uh, is like pr probably the thing that is most um, interesting, curious, and perhaps even perplexing to the members of the show because when you're in that room in the Zoom meeting for three and a half hours in a day, you know, cranking all this stuff out, specific things that happen are fleeting, right? It's like, all right, well, that happened, but, you know, there, there isn't that same recall that someone who is consuming it would have. So uh, it's always like small things like that that, that I, I love about this show. Awesome. Thanks. Can we get a uh, stuck-up British soccer guy character soon? <laughs> okay, so I, I think I, I think I also said this last time I was on the pod. Uh, Mike does not like my British character and voice. Um, however, um, uh... I, have, I, have, I have noticed uh, that usages of words like quid and uh, fitness and things like that have popped up more recently. Now, not taking he... credit for it, we all consume a lot of British content, right? We watch a lot of, uh, you know, NBC coverage of the Premier League. We listen to a lot of Football Daily podcasts. So I'm, I'm not here to take credit for it. However, I am always down for let's loosen up the tensions between using uh, British phrases and things like that because I, I, I enjoy it. I, I, I don't think I will be getting a British character onto the show, though. I, I think that would be uh, creatively nixed. Can you, uh, which is also completely fair, by the way, because I would just say a lot of nonsense that no one will understand. You know what I mean? Could you, if, if in the next few weeks, um, this is my personal challenge to you, uh, 
Chris Whittingham for, for you. And that's, that's how this works. You're, you're being gracious with your time. And then I'm going to give you like, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, yeah, exactly. Give you homework, <laughs> slip in a schedule, oh, uh, oh. A, a schedule, yes. get, get that, get that over the air. Uh, that is, that is my favorite, uh, funny British, uh, thing that people, people over there across the pond say, uh, yeah. There, there are a few. I heard one today. I was listening to an athletic podcast about Chelsea, and they like, wait, really? It was like tonal became tunnel, or like it was something, something in that realm where it's like, wait, even things that I like, I'm still discovering new things all the time. Right. Things that British people say. Awesome. Well, all right. Next, we're going to go out to our foreign correspondent, Morgan. Mm. Go ahead, Morgan. Speaking of accents. Hi, Chris. I'm. I'm not here to talk soccer. I'm here to talk football. Um, oh, so pro- pro- proper football then. Proper football, correct. So I'm a big Chelsea fan. Um, big oh. Sam Kerr fan. Um, yes. and I just wanted to see if you thought she was a good addition to the team. I think. I mean, obviously, she has a ridiculous pedigree. You know, was the leading goal scorer in NWSL for Chicago, and was like one of these stars that went to the World Cup and was going to light it up. Although it didn't didn't do so terribly, uh, but. Uh, at Chelsea, it, it's really fascinating because they're like one of the best women's teams in the world, and in any, in, in almost any other women's club, she'd be you know by far the standout. But she's kind of like one of four ridiculously good strikers that Chelsea have. So uh, the interesting thing to me is that when she doesn't hit the heights, like people notice, like oh Sam Kerr not playing great, but uh, I mean obviously she's a tremendous player and. Chelsea women uh, probably right now are the favorites to win the Women's Super League and uh, would go pretty far in the uh, in the Champions League as well. So, yeah, I mean, she's cracking and they're cracking. Right, in all fairness, it's been 10 games. Like, so give her a break. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, it, it was even in, in the preseason, the Community Shield, and like five or six yeah. chances to score and only put one or two away. And it's like, Sam Kerr, there's real problems. But, I mean, that, that's just kind of a product of the expectations at Chelsea and also uh, how much competition there is in, in, in her place. Do you think she's developed a status as a choker? Um, maybe just someone who doesn't finish chances. I think is probably more than anything. I I, th- I think choker is probably a bit too strong. Oh, I'm I'm Australian, so I think she's a choker. But it's all right. <laughs> Thanks for joining. <laughs> um, no, I appreciate it. Um, um, Frank Lampard. Um, is that good that he's gone? Um, I I, I wouldn't say good. I mean, obviously, one of the things that I've kind of learned from working with Chelsea is like, there are very specific things that have a lot of meaning to Chelsea supporters. And I think their supporters really wanted this to work. Like, and I get it, right. You know, if, if your favorite team hires a player who you have a lot of connection to, to be the coach, like you have an extra incentive for that to want to work. So I I kind of like, I, I, I tried to learn and take on board, like what, those fans care about and you know it was you know even going back to when they had this italian guy who used to you know sit on the sidelines and smoke cigarettes Maurizio sorry actually he didn't smoke cigarettes because you're not allowed to he chewed on cigarette butts on the sideline which is disgusting but uh like he was you know this you know, cranky italian guy and um he was not terribly well received and while i liked his style of play i got it like listen you're fans this is your team and this is what you care about and you know, I, I get it that they really wanted Frank Lampard, Frank Lampard to work. In my judgment, um, it wasn't working, and I think they need a coach who's more, who obviously has you know more experience and who um, I think can I think communicate what he wants. But I mean, Frank Lampard just was a ridiculously good player, and I imagine there are things that he just didn't know how to communicate to players who didn't think like him. 
Yeah. So I like, I don't, no one will ever get this comparison, but the team I follow in Australian football, um, our coach was one of our best players of all time and it's not worked, but they won't let go. Yeah. Um, so to, to see Chelsea rip off the Band-Aid quickly, I thought it was impressive, um, especially considering that another team I follow hasn't done that. And it's been years now and everyone's like, like, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. When, when you say when you say Australian football, you mean Aussie rules football or Aussie rules Australian football? Yeah. Fo- yeah, yeah. Listen, that was one of my revelatory experiences. I've actually been to Australia and New Zealand before, and I love Aussie rules. And like occasionally, it's on here at two in the morning, and I will watch it every time. Did you did you see a team that you liked, or this, no, this will, no, this will mean, decide like, whether are, we're friends or not? <laughs> no, these were just large men colliding on television. I didn't I didn't know who represented who and what the significance of it all was, but uh, it was okay. very brutal. Well, we story. have the largest. We have the largest. He's from Texas, but so I guess you kind of should follow us because we have an American. Oh, sweet. What, 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 yeah. is, your, what, what is your team? Uh, Collingwood. They're black and white. Unlike, right. unlike Newcastle, they're magpies, but they win sometimes. <laughs> so. Poor steak. It's all we steak. do in Texas. Large men. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, obviously you weren't drinking the water or something. Baby. Hey. More, uh, sorry, I, I, we'll cut this part out. I was just making sure Morgan, she's sometimes. Uh, are you done, Morgan? No, I'm done. I, I've actually finished talking. But I thank you, Chris. Okay. I really appreciate your answers. Um, that was the first time I've ever been speechless. Now, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> uh, and, and Morgan is, uh, I, I believe, the only uh, person on this call whose calls into the program I, I, I have immensely enjoyed. Uh, I, oh, I, I, I was you. once I was once a consumer of the show, just like all of you. It's like, oh, Morgan from Australia was on. I get super excited. Oh, that's that. so disappointing that you didn't believe my accent. No, I I I, I did believe your accent. Of course, I did. What my English accent? Well, and and actually, you know what? You know what? Um, I backed you on uh, <laughs> Nike and Adidas. Like I Thank I te- I texted Mike, hey, Adidas is absolutely a thing. Nike is absolutely a thing. And uh, and that's oh. how they see it. And also Puma, Puma as well is how they see oh it. Oh my god! In, in that, Puma. I, that killed me. I re- I still remember the first time I heard it. I walked into the store, and the guy in the Puma store in um, Waikiki goes to me, "Welcome to Puma," and I was like, "What did you just say to me?" Yeah. I was like, You're, "That's not a thing." I turned around. I was like, "Nope." I walked straight out. I'm like, "This is not a Puma." <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Morgan. Uh, up next, we are going to go to Kiz. Kiz, go ahead. Hey, Woody. Um, so do you have any tips uh, or should I say secrets for your uh, dull set broadcasting voice? <laughs> and do any of them have to do with a specific type of whiskey? Uh, no, no. Uh, the limited alcohol cons- consumption would actually be among them. Um I, you know what? I've, I've never actually thought that I have a good broadcasting voice. Um, I just have always, like, over-enunciated words. I think that's probably uh, the, the, the skill in it. Um, I, I have recently taken to a, a broadcasting friend of mine recommended a kind of tea that's called throat coat, um, which, is, which is very good for the, for the health of the vocal cords. Uh, so I, w- I would recommend that as well. Um, I'm actually going to bring some into the studio after Dan nearly blew out his larynx on the other day's program. So uh, in case we ever have one of those situations again, I'll have throat coat on hand. Um, but no, I, I, you know, properly enunciate words would probably be the only thing I would recommend. So anything specifically for Greg Cody? Well, I, but I, I recommended 
throw coat to Chris Cody. And Chris <laughs> Cody went on Amazon and bought some for Greg Cody. Greg Cody drank it once. And I even, like, so I sent it to him, but without expectation that he'd do anything. But Greg sounded so good on the show that day that I was like, did you do the throw coat? He's like, I did the throw coat. And uh, I guess I guess Greg went back uh, to coffee uh, and the throw coat lasted once. And look, like it's one of those things where I'm not I'm not saying that it tastes great. I agree with Ted Lasso. I think that tea is pigeon sweat. But uh, you know, it's um, it, it's it's not it's not great for me. But you do it because it's important for your performance. There's nothing that's more important than your instrument in your work. And for me, my instrument is my voice. Therefore, I'll try and take care of it. I don't think that um I don't think there's a tea to make you more interesting, Kish. So you'll need to work on. That. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Not across the bow. Can I try some nootropics <laughs> or something? Or is there anything else? I, I don't know. All right. I'm going to throw it to uh, Lou Rafter next. Go ahead, Lou. <laughs> hey, Chris. It's Lou. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. Uh, how, how's your hat doing? My hat is fantastic. I, I wear it all the time uh, down the beach. Now, unfortunately, um, this is, you know, this is the, the, the humble brag. I, 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 you know, I have a decent hairstyle so i more often gel my hair and i actually i find not having ge- uh, gelled hair like i go to sleep with my hair gelled uh because i find it unnerving to have loose hair going everywhere like i, I just want to scratch it and pull it and it irritates me so i spend most of my waking and non-waking hours with my hair gel but when i am not and i'm going for a walk down hallandale beach which is where i live i am usually wearing uh, my neutral observer hat that you so graciously gifted me. So um, I'm from Atlanta, and so Atlanta United is my team because uh, uh, I was from Cincinnati, and but this was at before the expansion team. So I jumped on the Atlanta bandwagon because I love soccer, and the stadium was just like a train ride, Marta, from me at my house. But everything kind of went downhill last year with uh, Yosef being out and uh, our coach just not gelling with what I think the difference between a European coach and a South American coach trying to, cause most of the players on Atlanta United are South American. I just don't think that he understood how they want to play. So with our new coach Gabriel coming in and hopefully Yosef coming back from his knee injury, are we going to see a better Atlanta United team or is this going to, are we going to be in this weird, it's either going to work really well. Like the coach is going to, this mesh and be like, you know, here's what we're going to do. And they work together. A quick word on Atlanta United. Uh, uh, Gabriel Heinze was, uh, was hired to be their manager. Um, I, I do think they'll be better um, just because, as you mentioned, they have Joseph Martinez and he's one of the best players in the history of Major League Soccer and he will score shed loads of goals. Uh, but um, I, I do think there's a bigger job on than just changing the coach. As much as I, I'm Frank DeBoer, it might not even just be a cultural thing. I just think he's bad. Like his last four jobs, he's done a terrible job. So I think Frank, Frank DeBoer might just be bad. Uh, but uh, I do think that meshing with the style, it'll definitely be more fun. It'll be more entertaining. It's a Bielsa style. Uh, the one thing uh, that would concern me is Atlanta didn't just succeed off the back of having Miguel Almiron and, from jo- and Joseph Martinez. They had this really well-built roster top to bottom, and their attempts to rebuild it have been poor, in my opinion. So um, I, I think they're, they're going to have to do a lot more work than just uh, getting their star players back. They're going to need to have uh, better... Uh, you know, middle of the roster guys um, to, to to fill out that team. I would say they'll be better. I don't know if they'll be competing for MLS Cup good, though. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, Witty, I have a question. Jeanette could not make it this evening, but she asks this. Can you ask Witty if he thinks Phil Neville should keep wearing the suit vest while coaching Inter-Miami? 
Now, it is not a suit vest. It is a waistcoat. Okay, that, that, all right. That is that is what the English call the vest. Okay. And I have taken to calling it a waistcoat because I like to cosplay as a British person. So <laughs> I I have I actually when um so when England were in the World Cup in 2018, their manager also wore a waistcoat, and I went and purchased a wa- a waistcoat. I was gonna, like wear it as a bit uh to you know watch an England game, but I just never decided. So I just have this vest now again, waistcoat. Uh, but yeah, I, I, he should absolutely stick to it. It's it's hilarious the notion of someone wearing a waistcoat in 95 degrees in humidity in July. Uh, and so why not? And also would probably do a lot of work to cover some sweat uh, because unless you're wearing the tracksuit, uh, I imagine uh, whoever is standing in the technical area uh, during a hot Fort Lauderdale evening uh, will have a lot of sweat pouring. So why, why not be the way? Although uh, he did show up at his introductory press conference. Everyone was suited and booted again, as they say in England. Uh, and he was wearing uh, his very, you know, uh, workman-like tracksuit. So I wonder if he'll be a tracksuit uh, manager in Major League Soccer, where as previously he was a debonair, smart-dressing uh, waistcoat wearer. Do they make waistcoats that are breathable, that, that don't? Like, what material are these usually made out of? It's like suit material, is it not? Like I, 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 I okay. You, like you can get like a, a three piece suit and and you have you have the vest in there. I'm I'm completely I'm asking this on behalf of Jeanette, so I'm flying yeah. blind here. I I haven't understood I, I, I a word know, you said know, in like the past what... twenty minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't apologize. This is my ignorance showing. A vest, <laughs> a vest is a waistcoat. You can at least take that from this conversation. So, yes, I, I I've learned something tonight. I had no idea what a waistcoat was. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to throw it back out to Beep. I think he had another question for you. Go ahead, Beep. So, Chris, other than Nigel, do you have any limited fake accents or impressions that you do? Um, so I, I, I do also get uh, occasionally into uh, regional uh, English accents as well. Like I have uh, a Liverpool that I occasionally do, which usually just involves me saying the right back for Liverpool Football Club, which is his name is Trent Alexander-Arnold. So it's just it's it's my my Scouse accent. I do that on occasion. Every once in a while, I just say I'm from Scotland. So that's my Scottish accent. Um, uh, you know, I I I am Colombian. So every once in a while, I have like my my parents have hand me down like Colombian phrases that I will uh, do on occasion. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mostly I'm just a parrot. Like I hear accents and I I just try and regurgitate them. So uh, you know, I hear like an Irish person speak. You know, you say like, I mean, everyone tries to say turkey tree, right? Like, you know, every, every, everyone could do that kind of thing. But yeah, I just, I, I try and, uh, and, and, and parrot it. And you know, like every once in a while I listen to like an Arsene Wenger press conference and all of a sudden I'm speaking in, in, in a French accent. Uh, so I, I will try any accent. I fail at most of them. Do you have any uh, impressions of people? Um, No. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like again, like they're they're all, like they're all kind of uh, derivations of my accents, right? So, like you, right. Know, you can say that my accent is an impersonation of an English person, uh, but um, again, I, I I try and often fail uh, impersonations of people. Fair enough. Excellent. All right. Next up, we're going to throw it to John down in Miami. Go ahead, John. Thanks, Will. So um, we'll dispense with the formalities. Uh, I made a new friend and. He he's the dad of one of my kids' friends, and he's he's a British bloke, and mm. he's also the director of communications of um, Concacaf. Oh, so we've we've already emptied the uh, the folder for British comedies the last few times we've we've gone together and talked about it. So now I need some advice 
and maybe even some topics on what to talk to him about hmm. with regards to CONCACAF since I don't follow soccer or football. With regards to CONCACAF, I mean, all of their competitions have been canceled in, in recent times. Like, they managed to, to squeak out a, a Champions League for over a week in Orlando. Um, I would definitely ask about, like, the most random locales that he's been to. I've actually, so uh, there's a company down here that produces all of the CONCACAF games in every competition. So I have, like, literally done uh, a St. Kitts, uh, Kitts and Nevis against uh, Granada uh, game of soccer that in front of 13 people at a cricket stadium. Uh, so there are uh, many, many random places uh, that I have, you know, Barbados is playing against some, somebody in a, you know, place with a track around it and a, you know, you know, uh, all, all the track and field events are like on terrible pitches. Um, there's, I mean, all kinds of, you know, uh, like scandal and stuff like there's uh there's, you know, although I, I can't imagine the person who's in charge of communications at CONCACAF would want to talk about match-fixing scandals, but there have definitely been some in the history of uh, of the of, uh, of CONCACAF, including um, the, the United States. Who did they, they played? I went to the game. You'd think I'd remember. I think it was against Nicaragua. Who the hell were they playing recently? I'll look it up while we're talking. But uh, during the game, uh, someone had tweeted uh, about how they, like, the last time these two teams had met was an actual proven instance of match fixing. Uh, it was El Salvador, excuse me. Uh, they played in Tampa, um, like, 10 years earlier, and it was later determined that there was actual match fixing that happened in the game. El Salvador just completely tanked, uh, I guess, to take a gambling payout. So, yeah, there's all kinds of scandal and craziness that happens in CONCACAF. Okay, so I'll get him drunk, and then he'll spill the beans. Yeah, I mean, definitely beforehand say this is off the record. Um, but uh, I, I would imagine you can get some good anecdotes there. Thank you very much. Happy to help, John. All right. I'm going to throw it back to Cody Cavalry, a.k.a. Drake. He's got another question for you. Go ahead. All right. So if you could um, take five athletes from any of the other professional sports and throw them on the U.S. men's national team with a year of soccer, football training, who are your five? Okay, so number one, with a bullet, and I've been, I tweet about this all the time and nobody cares, but I will persist with this take anyway. Kyler Murray is the number one pick far and away without question. If you've ever seen that dude scramble out of the pocket, how quick that guy's feet are. Yeah. That's, that's what it's about. It's about quick feet. Kyler Murray would be a ridiculous soccer. And look, he's, he was good at baseball. He could have, you know, was a first-round draft pick by the A's. Like, that dude would be good at anything. But Kyler Murray would be a ridiculous soccer player if he put a ball at his feet from age five. Uh, so that would be my number one pick. Um, I kind of I, – I think a lot of NBA point guards as well. Uh, yeah. So I think of, like, uh, you know, Chris Paul – uh, might might be like a good distributing holding midfielder. Russell Westbrook would be flying down the wing. Uh, he'd definitely yeah. be among them. Odell Beckham actually played soccer. Uh, so, and I believe he like, you know, was in some major youth clubs and all that before deciding to play uh, American football. So you can definitely throw him in there. Um, I guess just like, you know, like Tyreek Hill, like what would Tyreek Hill look like if he played soccer? You know what I mean? Like, and he's yeah. exactly the kind of body type. And I've actually spoken to people who are um, high school football Sorry, I just muted myself. Uh, uh, they're, and they're and they're like people who like see athletes fall out of high school because they're told that they're too small, right? And that yeah. how how many athletes give up because of their lack of physical stature? 
because all of the major sports require at least some amount of physical stature. So I, I do kind of wonder like how many athletes slip through the cracks of the sport of soccer because ultimately like almost the more unimpressive you are physically, the better. Like Lionel Messi, if you walk down the street and you didn't know who he was, just looks like a short dude. Yeah. Um, Christian Pulisic, like I, I met him in person. He just looks like a dude, right? Like he doesn't look like this spectacular athlete. He just looks like a guy. Uh, so I, I definitely think that there are a lot of uh, players who – uh, probably have fallen through the cracks just because we so very much reward jumping high, running fast, being tall. Uh, these are different forms of athleticism that are useful for American sports, but not necessarily in soccer. Chris, how about the opposite? Who could come from the Premier League and go to like the NFL? Adama Traore is the first one that comes oh, to mind. Oh, Adama Traore is a great shout. Uh, I, here, here's a Google for all of you. Uh, Adebayo Akinfenwa. Uh, he I just plays... discovered him. He oh plays, my God, for, I love he plays for Wickham Wonders, who are in uh, the championship, which is the second division of English football. They call him the Beast. He is the only person that looks like an Americans, like an American athlete. Like the dude is just completely built out. Um, who else? Uh, he's Zuzert? not. He's not in anymore. But Lasina Traore, he's like yeah. he well he used to play for Everton. He's like six five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a couple of guys with height, like. What about like Peter Crouch? Um, uh, but uh, you also have, uh, I'm just thinking of like kind of guys who are physically built like Zerdan Shakiri, this tiny winger for Liverpool has these massive calves, these tree trunks for calves. Uh, so I just think like from a physical stature standpoint, um, but uh, but yeah, I would, you, you definitely nailed it on the first attempt with Adama Traore. That dude is an animal. I just discovered Akapenwa yesterday or whenever they yeah. play Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, they play Tottenham love. again, yeah. He looks exactly like me. Well, yeah, not I mean, exactly, but similar. <laughs> there is one major difference between the two of you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw it to uh, Kish. He's got another question for you. Go ahead, Kish. Hey, Chris. Uh, so Inter-Miami has been pretty underwhelming this past year. Um, how many years until – uh, they're actually like leaving a mark on the MLS. Uh, th th that's a great question. I think they'll be hard pressed to do it in year two. Um, I just, you know, to me, it'll kind of be when they first land their like actual proper, you know, massive star of which I kind of have discovered in searching for inter Miami to have great players. There really aren't that many like properly famous, like would actually transcend, um, soccer right like how many how many soccer players transcend soccer there's like six of them it's like uh wayne rooney who doesn't play anymore uh zlatan ronaldo messi neymar um maybe luis suarez he's kind of on the borderline um but uh well, well yeah well obviously beckham but he doesn't play anymore um but like soccer stars who actually trend it's not about like how like you know what they've done in the game like Kylian Mbappe is ridiculous, but I don't know if anyone, you know, who isn't a soccer fan would necessarily know who he is just off, like, appearance or name or any of that. Um, in, in America, I mean, obviously all over the world, like, you know, those guys are ridiculously famous. But, um, yeah, I think, like, you have to make that kind of a mark, um, and they actually have to execute what their model is, which is, you know, they want to be another one of these teams that develops really good young players and sells them on and all of that, but... Um, they did not, as you said, I think correctly pointed out, implement an attractive style of play. Their results were not good enough in my view. Um, and they made wholesale changes, which would lead you to believe that uh, they've got a lot of work to do um, beyond just 
uh, having to, uh, you know, try and get better results next year. It's a, it's a longer term process to even be a good MLS team. Never mind, make the kind of mark that they want to make. So who do you think is the, the big star that they're going to actually have a chance to get and that actually make a difference? I think it's messy. Wow. I, I, I really do. Like, I, I do think that um, they're, you know, Messi in a recent interview said that he wants to end his career in the United States. Um, obviously, the Barcelona thing uh, is not working out. I mean, there's a chance that he ends up in New York City because he could do a deal with Manchester City and then go to New York at some point. Um, but I, I do think, like, you know, when the the club's expansion was announced they did like this video of all of david beckham's friends wishing him luck and messi was in there it's like hey if you're anyone give me give me a call um and that felt like an idle threat and so um i do think that ronaldo and messi will at some point do a tour in the united states i think you know they'll still be good enough because like i they're 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 particular you don't want 37 year old players in mls uh, you know, coming from Europe, but they're the exceptions because they will probably still be really good at that point. So um, I, I, I do think that there's a chance. I'm not going to say it's a good chance because it's Lionel freaking messy, but um, I, I, I do think that uh, they have massive star, uh, massive star potential to bring someone in. Morgan, you, you have a follow-up? Oh, I had a follow-up to the previous question. Um, if Russell Westbrook played, um, would the crowd yell, don't shoot instead of shoot? <laughs> Probably, probably don't like don't don't have a hit. Pass the ball. Please, please yeah. don't. Yeah, he he would definitely fancy a volley from a corner. Ball pounces, uh, bounces out of the penalty area, comes to him, twenty eight yards from goal, and he boots into Ro, in, into Rosed. That would be Russell yeah. Westbrook as a footballer for sure. He would constantly be in the sports center top ten. Are are you impressed that I said Zed instead of Z? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate okay, that. Yeah, no. Did you also know that Sam? Sam Kerr's brother played in that Australian Rules Football League and was one of the I, best players. I did not. I did not know that. I'll have to look that up. If we ever have her on the pod, yeah. we should ask her about it. Uh, yeah, you know um, don't ask her about it now. We, we've been asking to have Sam Kerr on the pod for like a year now. Uh, if we do ever get her, I will definitely be, uh, you know, efforting questions to you about the thing, things we should oh, ask please. her about. Um, yeah, not her brother now. Please, let me. Uh, I will help you out. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you. All right, we got another very uh, uh, quick questions for you. I'm going to throw it back to Lou Rafter. Uh, he's got a, a follow-up for you. Go ahead, Lou. So uh, my question is, do you think we'll ever have a MLS team that's based, that's all homegrown players? So they, you know, they went to the leagues in America. They went to college in America mm-hmm. and become a dominant force in MLS. Um, no, just because I, I, I just think that like, there's too many available resources to, you know, supplement your team. Um, you, you say college, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, the college soccer experience as it relates to the, the, the men's game. Um, so well, that we'll perfect. take out, take out college. Let's yeah, say, no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I think, you know, a club like FC Dallas wants to be that, right. They want to have 25 players from their Academy, but also like part of what they're doing is developing those players and selling them to bigger clubs like they had you know reggie cannon go to portugal they had brian reynolds who's now getting sold to roma like if they develop really good players they're going to sell them so I, I i don't think at once they'll have 25 players that are all from the fc dallas academy but uh, i think them and philadelphia union are probably the two teams right now that are doing uh, the best work in that area um but yeah i, I mean there you know there's every chance that those there's a ton of development within those clubs but why not supplement it with you know a player you spend a few million dollars on particularly if you're making money on the players you've sold 
Thanks. All right. That's going to do it for us. Chris Whittingham, thank you so very much for joining us and for chatting the pirate ship and, and soccer with us. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. I enjoy listening to anybody that knows what they're talking about. And uh, <laughs> your, your, the, as, as Kiz said, the dulcet tones of your voice uh, and mixed with, mixed with your, your level of confidence from that great head of hair that I'm looking at. Uh, yeah. I, I, I buy everything. So you could have had no idea what you're talking about and I would, I wouldn't be any wiser to it. So I, uh, <laughs> I spend way too much time trying to make sure that I do know what I'm talking about. So I, that, that is the very least that I can offer. I feel like uh, listeners to this program uh, will probably have wanted more about the show than me talking about soccer. I'm happy to talk about soccer in whichever platform provided, but uh, you know, I, I feel like there might be a bit of false advertising with, hey, the new guy in the show was on, and we talked to him about it for like eight minutes. <laughs> well, if things go not. right, if things go right, Chris Cody will take you out, and you won't be there long. <laughs> if things go right? No. Wrong. I, I mean, I, Whittingham, we're joking. What are, we're what are you coming after me for like that? Wow. wow. Skip's going to fire wow. Cody. Totally wow. right. Okay. All right. All right. Why Everybody back take up. out Flem and M, and, and uh, he's not on this show anymore. How about that? <laughs> we I'm with you, him. A winning hey, after- Fleming podcast about being kicked off the ship. <laughs> no, after, after his, everybody shut up for a second. After his failed bit earlier, he might not be on the, the podcast yeah. anymore. So should I have laughed uh, harder at that Fleming Emma? I feel like, I feel like I, I <laughs> no, there. Not at all. No, 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 never encourage him. My all ego right, needs no more. We're, we're landing the ship right here. All right, Chris Whittingham, thank you I, again so I much. I believe it's docking the ship. Docking the ship. ship. That's well. I was thinking. I was thinking spaceship. Uh, You know, I guess the same label. As long as you dock a spaceship, right? As long as we're beating the pirate ship metaphor to death, then we might as well dock it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Ahoy! Uh, Exactly. All right, Chris Whittingham. Again, thank you so much for spending this time with us and uh, answering our questions. Uh, On the count of three, I need to thank you, Witty. One, two, three. Thank you, Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.